0: Welcome back to Spiritual Directors Talking About Stuff. Last week, we began a conversation with Chris and Mai's favorite heretics, Derek and Rachel Myers. Today, we continue the conversation about heresy, uncertainty, and reconstruction. So let's jump right back in.
1: And you treat deconstruction as kind of a, a means of swinging to the other side of the, the pendulum or, you know, turning it into another form of fundamentalism, you end up undoing everything it was meant to do. You were, you were meant to embrace the uncertainty to help you explore the freedom in your spirituality. Um, you know, I, I had this thought the other day of, of how Jesus's words, I'm the way, the truth, and the life is often used as a exclusive statement to, I don't know, almost be like fear mongering and, and, and people allude at hell with that. But I hear Jesus's words. I'm the way, the truth, and the life as a framing uh, to reality as um, a way for people to be included, that, that Jesus is the way and that he is the truth. He's the life. So any way that people, you know another way to put it and and Paul quotes you know a, a Greek philosopher in him we live and move and have our being and there's this uh like it's like the world is you know the bush and God is the flame like we're we're all consumed in the fire of God's presence in the sense of like anywhere that you live, anywhere that you move anywhere you have your being it's it's all within. God God is the ground of our being, right? And so, um, anyway, I just wanted to throw that in there because it gives validity to people's experience and their questions and their journey because Jesus doesn't look like one flavor brand of evangelical Christianity. It looks like so much more inclusive love than we ever had a frame of reference to understand. Something.
2: Well, I really love what y'all are saying. Um, I can't remember who said it, but someone said that this process of deconstruction can often become like leaving the ditch on one side of the road and going to the ditch on the other side of the road. I mean, they're both ditches, and so both of them are, are bad situations to be in, You know, like going from certainty to certainty like you were talking about, Rachel. And I look back on my own journey over the last 15 or so years, and the doctrines that I held so firmly back then Um, i have since let go of and and so i know that you know even the doctrines that i believe in now i have to hold with an open hand because i may need to let go of them as well at some point Um, i think it's richard Rohr who said the opposite of faith is not doubt the opposite of faith is certainty so you know being certain about things is holding those with a closed fist and not being willing to change. Um, but, you know, if we're, we're willing to open our hands and hold those doctrines openly and loosely, then, you know, we have to be willing to kind of accept what comes along and um, release those doctrines if necessary.
1: Yeah, that's really good.
0: Um, so uh, can I, I just, I'm so curious if somebody were to ask you like where you stand with religion now, how would you describe yourselves?
1: Um, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll go first because Rachel's giving me that look. Um, I, I have no problem calling myself a Christian at all. Um, I, I would love to reclaim that word um, because I think that it's been hijacked by a lot of toxic theology and um, nationalism and, you know, all sorts of horrible ideology thrown onto it, uh, you know, exclusivity. Um, anyway, we can name a bunch of things.
0: Well, and it was originally, it was a derogatory term that people used to describe the, the little wannabe Christs that they would see. Yeah. You know? So it was, and then Christians kind of claimed it as their own, but they started as Jesus followers, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I, I definitely, you know, if if I were to take more of a, a Rob Bell sort of description, maybe it's not Rob Bell, but you know, I, I'm, I very much am within the Jesus tradition, or you know, I, I follow Jesus. I have no problem saying all of
3: that and
1: i guess there's not much more i could add to that but rachel it's really
3: funny because every q a that we do on instagram we always get like 10 people asking what our beliefs are if not more um and i just i don't know i never choose to answer those questions because i don't i guess i'm just like a rebellious against certainty right now (laughs) like in this place where i'm like just let it be gray just let you know what others others believe in what you know just be gray but if i had to nail it down like i would definitely say that i don't know if i've let go of the concept of jesus yet um but i am i don't know i i can't recognize the christian god right now um off of what i am seeing in the church today so I don't know, if I'm honest, I don't know who the Christian God is. I know that it's revealed in the Bible, um, his character, but Sometimes. that's even so disputed. And that's even so, you know, what is, and you can use it to justify anything. And so I'm just in this place where it's like, who is the Christian God? and And is that who God is? Because if I'm being honest, I believe in a God that is purely love. And I think Christians pride themselves in believing in a more judgmental God. And it's like the more judgmental he is, the more right he is. And the more loving he is, the, the more you know that you're off base of who, who God is. And that's kind of become the culture today. And so I just don't know if I'm... I'm really going to put myself in a position where I understand what love feels like and what love is. No, that's not really what love is. No, it's
1: not allowed to make you feel good, Rachel. But that, no, no. that's
3: the message though. And that's what's so frustrating is they're like, well, God knows perfect love and not perfect love. And if my best friend comes to me crying, I'm sorry. I'm not just going to be like, well, sorry. that was a stupid mistake. You should not have done that. What's wrong with you? And that is literally what people are saying that Jesus and God are doing, you know. And it's like, I don't care which mm-hmm. way you dice it, that's not love. Mm-hmm. And love, regardless of what fundamentalists and Calvinists and whoever else in the camp, it's much more than that. Evangelicals want to say love is also a feeling, and you can't cut yourself off from feelings. You just can't. That like severs you from empathy. Um, that just Cuts you off from being a human. It, it just does, you know. And how are they going to deny that they don't like the feeling of love? They don't want arranged marriages, you know. I mean, they believe that God arranges their marriages, but they don't want arranged marriages, you know. So how they can how can they say that love is not a feeling? And how how they want to crave like the the Holy Spirit encounters and all of this stuff? Like it is absolutely something that is an emotion that is evoked within you. And. Yeah. And I just feel like so many people, when they say that, they're like, oh, well, you know that she's deceived, you know, and it's like, okay. (laughs) For me, because I know if God is the ultimate designer and he made me to crave a certain feeling, which that makes sense. He wouldn't create me to crave a certain feeling and then tell me that that's deception because that's deceitful. That's deceitful. Oh, I could go off. Um, then why would that God also tell me that love is painful? I know that you have to grow and that's painful, but love should never be painful. It should never be withheld wrongfully. You know, my therapist adores me more than what I feel the Christian God is communicating to adore me and accepts me more unconditionally in my flaws and in my lows and it just like really hit me today i was like man my therapist loves me more than i ever believed god loved me you know and that is what is creating a secure attachment in my life and so if this god that is being you know preached at me is creating an unsafe attachment that's probably the wrong god you know and so it's not that i don't doubt the the christian god i just don't know who he is if i'm honest i he is you know, Shown in a very, very different way that I think is not who he is. So, as far as my beliefs,
0: uncertain.
2: <laughs> so you are an uncertainist.
0: Ooh, can we can we like like copyright that an uncertainist? Like that's our religious. <laughs>
1: start
0: writing our bible.
1: We're gonna start a new Instagram account called the Your uncertain- favorite
0: certain uncertain-tist Yes, I love it. it. <laughs>
1: I was just going to say uncertainties, but she went your favorite again. I guess we got to do that.
3: You just got to put it in front so people don't doubt how awesome you are, even when you don't feel awesome, you know? (laughs) Because now our haters cannot refer to us without saying your favorite, you know? And it's just one of those things that's like, okay, keep going. Your favorite, keep going, you know?
1: (laughs) I'm just waiting for the day that the Gospel Coalition. Uh, has some (laughs) blog about us or something like that. Anyway.
0: Well, then you know you've made it. You have arrived. (laughs) I know.
1: It's kind of twisted sort of fantasy where I'm like, ooh, I don't want them to, but I do. Yes. And anyway, I'm going to stop. I I do not.
3: I do not. (laughs) Contrary to popular belief, I actually really, really... You don't
1: want John Piper to tweet farewell, your favorite heretics, or farewell... Desiring, Desiring God. God.
2: Man, talk about getting an explosion of followers. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I think we would have to go private for a while.
2: Speaking of your favorite heretics, I would really like to know the backstory and kind of the background conversations that you guys were having when you were talking about maybe starting something like that. So talk to us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So um, we, we uh, were visited by an angel and the angel told us to start an Instagram account.
3: Anyway, And
1: uh, after a fast of 60 days, uh, we were weeping and I Rachel was spontaneously far enough speaking away from his in tongues face. and she fell out in the spirit. And as the angel Aww. revealed this, we knew that we needed to start... No, I'm kidding. This is... I really I really enjoy making those kinds of jokes. Um, Rachel doesn't. She no, doesn't. Like... <laughs> at all. Um,
3: anyway, so we um... <laughs> But actually he was in California and I was home with my parents and we like, we're getting into it on Facebook with like different people. And one of his like good friends, had called him a heretic on his page and I was just like, okay. And like, because I want to believe what you want to believe super exclusionist he just got back from where did they live? Like some country we're like serving and he comes back and is like a total jerk during the BLM movement and like anyway doesn't matter. Um but it just like that's when like I knew and like various people had started reaching out to like me and him about like oh what is this what is that like I just feel so alone right now like I don't know what to do. I'm just struggling so bad. Um does God hate me? You know the whole the whole beginning of the dark night of the soul I guess we'll call it. Um so I just like typed in your favorite heretic on Instagram and then I told Derek about it and he was like, Hey, I've been wanting to start an Instagram because I was gonna do it because you know, by myself that would have been hilarious. Um, it it would not have worked out. Let me just typos the lore would have happened, um which they still do, but
1: (laughs) come on, I'm a little bit more valuable than just helping (laughs)
3: with He is, he is your favorite copy Um, editor. So then we like changed it to heretics and we decided to do it together. And it really was just supposed to be like a small little, you know, our friends and some family members who were navigating it or just like wanted to know about where we were. And then I think we had like 400 followers when we made that church trauma post.
1: We are like, maybe we'll crest 500. I know. I was
3: like, we're just going to get 40 likes and we're going to move on. We were fighting about it in our son's room. And cool. I was like, it Real doesn't life. matter what it said. Like, it doesn't matter. We just have to like post it. I was because, like, babe, we we,
1: no, no, we got to reword this. No, there's more to it. I'm just post.
3: I just I'm like, post it's literally it. going to get 40 likes and it's just going to move on. I like specifically said that. Little did we know <laughs> what was going to happen. Um, and I think like it just showed us how much validation people needed um, and how much validation we could offer. Because I mean, like, we're already heretics. Like what else is going to happen? You know, Um, like we're going to burn in hell for eternity. All right. We don't believe in that. So like next. (laughs) Um, So with that going viral, it just kind of showed us like, okay, we were going to talk about deconstruction theology nonstop, but yeah. So that post going mini viral, I mean, Yeah. Viral in the Christian community, I guess. Um, just kind of showed us like where the need was and like where we felt we could fill it. Um, and yeah, like that is that. And we've made like really, really, really good community. We've teamed up with a lot of awesome people like the Reclamation Collective, um, our really good friend Corey that we met through the page to do the LGBTQIA post. Um, talk purity to me was like one of the first people I ever reached out to. And she's like now one of my favorite people. Um, so it's just like, we've also benefited so much and found our community as Well, you know, um, like Jesus on follower, like love him, you know, it's just, um, so many amazing people that we've connected with that. I feel like is forming this like community of like the, the new reformation of challenge. Um, and it's like really, really cool to be among that so unexpectedly, you know, and there's a lot of imposter syndrome thinking that we're not doing it and good enough, but I think what keeps us in our place is just like, we're just a part of the community too with loud mouths, you know, <laughs> so that's just, kind of, and I mean, like, I have a degree somewhere in there, you know, and he has a lot of like credits under his belt. Um, so yeah, it's just. I don't
1: know if you wanted to add on to that. I, I mean, really, it's it. One of the things that I often say when people ask us about the story is that, you know, we wanted to take this scarlet letter, right, of heretic, mm-hmm. and turn it into a badge of honor. Um, and, um, you know, I think oftentimes people f- sling out, you know, heresy and. Uh, false teaching and, you know, falling away and slippery slope and deceived and whatever, all those words, because they're afraid. And anyway, the whole idea was that we, we wanted to reclaim this and say, you know what, if you're going to call us favor- or uh, heretics, can we at least be your favorites, yeah. you know? And so wearing that- Pretty
3: blue Yeah. <laughs>
1: We're wearing that scarlet letter as a badge of honor um, has really become something that we've embraced because truly even heresy just means a different way of thinking about what's conventionally accepted. And, um, you know, even historically speaking, it's it's really interesting. You know, heresy took a long time to hammer out as heresy and I mean, it was disputed even amongst that. So I think there was a lot more uh, room for ambiguity and mystery and disagreements and within the early church that doesn't exist today. A lot of people are so dogmatic that they're like, no, it's just heresy because it doesn't sound like anything I've heard. Well,
3: I honestly, and like, this is where I am. Whatever is the norm, I would be wary of, just because what the norm was was what got Jesus crucified. Let least we forget. Um, and so, when I see the institution today and how corrupt it is, just on so many levels, it, I, I just don't think that they understand that they will also crucify Jesus if he comes back. You know. Um, and so, I just, I don't know, like. I'm okay with being called a heretic by people who don't know him. Anyway, is that fair to say? Maybe not. I mean, that's not everybody. I, I think people are very, very genuine in seeking their understanding. I think we all are, you know. Um, but that still doesn't. Just because you're genuine doesn't make your worldview correct, you know. And just because it's popular doesn't make it correct either.
2: So many people have told me that uh, the orthodox doctrines that we have have been that way for 2,000 years, and therefore they must be the truth. And I think that is, it's false and it's short-sighted, because beliefs have been all over the place over 2,000 years of the church history. And the only reason that we have something like creeds with certain doctrines set in stone now is because the empire that was in cahoots with the church at that time stepped in and said, you better write some things down so that we have these things set in stone.
0: And don't forget that in all of those councils, they voted on what the creeds would be. (laughs) When I learned that in my church history class, that was like that's what set me down deconstruction spiral number two was like, Oh, let's not
3: even talk about representation.
0: Oh gosh. Right.
3: Yeah.
1: It's yeah. It's really crazy. Um, And even I, I I don't mean to get too nerdy, but you know, a lot of people talk about how um, universal reconciliation or apocatastasis is, um, you know, heresy because a lot of people don't understand it today because of how much eternal torment's been propagated and and you know just assumed as the only way of understanding eschatology but when you look at origin for example who apparently is everybody's favorite person to hate on which he was one of the most significant patristic fathers um his big thing you know that people picked on was that he talked about the devil being eventually restored. So everyone threw out his theology, like maybe with the bathwater, but, um, and, and basically said, well, because he believed that, then his, his thoughts on universal restoration, um, you know, were, were considered heresy. And, uh, I, you know, I've seen a lot of scholarly work that's actually later condemned the, the thought that that was ever considered heresy because back at it it wasn't until after those church councils happened that origin was considered a heretic and in fact most of the early church fathers especially in the first 500 years um, would align most likely with universal reconciliation and i bring all that up because you know people can rewrite history and people can also uh you know take their theology today for granted and assume it's always been that way. And so a lot of people who, you know, and I don't mean to pick on this cause I was within this community for quite a while, but the reformed Calvinist community act like they are part of such a historic faith tradition when they are within 500 years, maybe uh, of a particular way of looking at things. And the reality is, is it's not very historic. And um, anyway, theology doesn't exist in a vacuum. Uh, I remember a professor saying that you know, theology always arises out of a particular context, right? You know, and it builds upon itself. It, it deconstructs from other ways of thinking about things. It's a response from another way of looking at things. And so in order for us to correct ways that we've got things wrong, we have to embrace those voices, those you know, for lack of a better word, prophetic voices that are deconstructing and challenging the conventional ways of how we approach God and how we approach, you know, what is the Bible? What is, what is reality? What is the afterlife? You know, all these things that have been questions from the very origin of time.
2: So I would like to know, what are you guys reading right now? What's on your bookshelf?
1: Wow, um I have a ton of books I need <laughs> to work through the but the one that I am actually reading right now I'm I, I have this terrible habit don't tell anyone just kidding people are gonna hear this and know I start a lot of books I get really excited about them and then I get excited about another book and then I move on to that book and then I move on to another book and then I go back to the other book and finish that <laughs> so I'm I'm really bad at like starting and finishing a book. But the book I'm reading right now is The The Roots of Christian Mysticism by uh, Olivier Clement. Yes, it's very good.
3: So for me, it's actually a specific topic. Um, When I just started, uh, I had to look up the name because it's very long and it doesn't have a book cover on it. And I just started reading it. Spectacles of Empire, Monsters, Martyrs, and the Book of Revelation. Um, And it's basically just all about like the symbols in it and like a lot of meaning. And I don't know. I just, that's my favorite now. Like it was such a big fear for me. Now I'm just like every book on the book of revelation, let's dive into it. Let's understand this.
0: So I have a question. So what, what thoughts are you wrestling with in terms of theology now? Like what, is there anything that you're still deconstructing or thinking through processing wrestling? And it might, you may have answered in the books that you're reading, but we'd love to know, what are you in the process of deconstructing now?
1: Um, I don't know if it's so much, well, I'll talk about what I'm like reconstructing or constructing. I don't even know. Um, It's also intermingled, intertwined. It's, It's hard to just pinpoint it. This is, I'm deconstructing right now only, or I'm reconstructing right now only. You know what I mean? I just feel like it's inhaling and exhaling. Are you breathing? Yeah. I mean, it's just a part of the Anyway. So the whole thing that I've, I'm really chewing on, I guess, so to say um, lately has been panentheism um, and just recognizing. So um, I actually had studied a bit about it recently and I, I find it fascinating that panentheism, God being both more than everything that exists, but everything that exists is of the substance of God. Like that nothing can exist separate from God self. And so, but there's still that distinction there that it's not pantheism where everything is God. Um, so I find it very interesting. And the more I, you know, find different pieces on it, the more it it, it stirs just this, this wonder and this, this, this appreciation of the mystery of the cosmos. And I, I feel like it just helps me to see the divine in all things. And I feel like that's so fun, uh, I guess, uh, for lack of a better way of putting it. Um, and, and then I guess kind of with that too, is, is really continuing to deconstruct my view of the Bible. Um, You know, folks like uh, Pete Enns have been really, really helpful in that. And um, yeah, I just, I think that the more time goes on, the more I, the more I understand how human the Bible is, the more I appreciate it actually. And I think so much of the church today is so afraid of recognizing the humanity of the Bible and how imperfect it is. But with the imperfections in it, it actually allows for there to be so much more beauty to be mined from the text itself and that it speaks too much, or it speaks more to the the human experience instead of reading it like this perfect manual that's dropped from heaven, that's landed in our laps and we need to, you know, flip open any page and uh, directly apply it to our lives as if it's like this, you know, I I don't know, this rule book that needs to just strictly be followed. Anyway.
2: Have you read any Marcus Borg by chance?
1: I actually haven't, but I know it's a good author, so.
2: I think you would really enjoy Marcus Borg. And I'm curious if you've read any Ilya Delio.
1: Yeah, I heard uh, Delio really influenced Roar uh, a lot too. So
2: Yeah, I, I really recommend Elia Delio for the panentheism topic. What about you, Rachel?
3: Um, I think for me, where my camp is, is not so, he's like the theology person. I'm, I really love church history, even though I don't know as much as I want to. Um, I think what's hard, though, is that just like theology is seen through a lens, through lens, so is church history. Um, so you can, and and it's the same with anything, like any type of history, not just church history is seen through a lens, you know, usually a colonized lens. Um, but so like deconstructing church history has actually been really, really interesting, you know, seeing ways, different branches of theology have come about and not, and like being more academic about it and not being an apologist about it has been really different Um, because a lot of what I did in the past was study church history from like a, a a way to defend the faith, you know, on there was this YouTube series. Oh gosh. I just like cringe saying that, you know what I'm saying? Um, Called know your enemy by the fuel project. It is like a 70, you know, 10, 70 clips, 10 minutes, each kind of thing um, of just about knowing your enemy and like all uh, like from the beginning of the bible and all of the history of like how certain things came about and like the occult practices and each like thing in history and just like where we are today and what we need to look out for and like all the stuff so like you get a lot of history but it's through a specific theological lens you know what I mean um and so now like learning out from a learning about it from a different angle like not reformed not fundamental and not evangelical not
1: conspiracy driven right
3: like it's so <laughs> interesting to read it but still like understanding that there are so many angles to one one event you know and like how you spin it can be the difference of you know good or bad theology and you just don't know you know and it can be influenced by your beliefs. so it's like It's hard because I feel like everything is becoming subjective, even though like factual events happen, like how you interpret those factual events is so like just difficult, you know? And so you want to like speak an authority on church history and the things that you've learned and all of this stuff, but then that's up for critique too. You know, it's just a endless. So that's a lot of what I'm like deconstructing and reconstructing, not necessarily theology, but just analyzing history from a a free perspective, an impartial perspective.
0: So as you are wrestling, um, and this is really for anyone that is on this path of deconstruction, that is, you know, breathing and wrestling and deconstructing and reconstructing and all of that. Um, As spiritual directors, Chris and I, um, we we know that we want to be people that are there to help people along their journey. But what would you say would be the most important thing for somebody to support someone else that's on this journey? Like what advice can you give spiritual directors who sit with people that are doubting and questioning and all of that?
3: That's hard because like the imposter syndrome just like immediately starts, you know what I'm saying? Um, But for me, just receiving story after story after story after story of abuse Um, and seeing how the Christian inclination to respond to it is to protect their faith first and then figure out the story. Um, I would say safe attachment and don't even worry about faith. Like if the God that you believe is so loving and kind and secure and a solid foundation, why on earth would you run to protect their faith And tell them to rely on God when that could be probably the source of their pain. You know, so just sit, validate, believe, let them take control of their process because they have probably had their agency stripped away their whole life. You know, um, to give them agency back would be the best gift for them to figure out how to navigate moving forward. You know, because if you just, say, well, do this, this, and this, and this, they're going to be in the same spot again and again and again, unless they, they find a personal agency for themselves.
1: I think um, saying this, but in a different way is listening and validating, but empowering their freedom. Um, I think there's a fear of freedom, especially with, in a very rigid structure and system that is built on certainty, right? And when we give people permission to be free, that sounds really scary, because um, it may not always be in the context of spiritual direction within, you know, they're hurting or they're in pain, right? Sometimes it may be involve that, and sometimes it may be you know, they're, they're seeking, they're in a place where they're moving from their hurt and their healing and they're, they want to know, okay, well now what, you know? And that, I guess that would be kind of a reconstruction process or the formation, right? The spiritual formation. Um, But I guess the, the thing that I would encourage is to give people that permission to stumble along their way and to have grace for themselves as they learn to figure it out. And, and that freedom is actually a beautiful gift. It's something that I believe God desires for all of us is, is that we operate best when we are at our freest, if that makes sense. And
3: yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's so good. That's so powerful.
2: Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us today. I thoroughly enjoyed talking to you.
1: Yeah, really enjoyed the conversation. It was a lot of fun.
0: Awesome. Well, we're grateful for your time today. And we're also so uh, grateful, and I'm sure we speak for all of your Instagram followers, that um, that just thank you for the platform and that you have to create this safe place for people to know that they're not alone in what can feel like a very dark night of the soul in their in their life and faith journey. Um, so, can you tell us where our uh, listeners can find you and connect with you?
3: Yeah. So it's at your favorite heretics on Instagram, and then we are starting. Actually, we're recording a YouTube video tonight. It's our first one, and it's just your favorite heretics on YouTube. So,
1: and we've got a great Facebook, uh, community group. Um, yes. it's super safe. That's we, you know, everything that we've desired to facilitate on that started on Instagram
0: is happening. It, on is, yeah.
1: It, yeah. We, you know, we really wanted to take it from people feeling like they needed to live in you know, the DMS or, you know, feel brave enough to even share something on a comment, you know, to, to move it to a private setting, um,
3: <clears throat> where know. everybody is just in all different places, mm-hmm. but, can rely that it's a safe place to come as you are mm-hmm. in certain contexts. Let's just put it that way. Come as you are in, in the realm of deconstruction.
1: Yeah. And, and really, you know, it's, it, we're amazed. I mean, it's about 1200 people now uh, in this group, so much engagement, people mm-hmm. supporting one, one another.
3: Whether you, they are on the same page or not. Right. You know,
1: and you know, whether it's, Hey, I need to vent this or, Hey, I have this question or, you know, Hey, yeah. this is something that happened and I don't really know what to do. It's, it's, it's been amazing to see how many different voices have felt empowered and also felt like so many people have felt seen and understood. Yeah. And I think that for me has been such a gift because I, I, yeah, like kind of like Rachel was saying, it's like, in a lot of ways, it feels like yeah. why us kind of thing, <laughs> but we're very grateful to, mm-hmm. to have been part of what's going on and, and, giving people space to, to, to really find connection and find comfort. Yeah. Comfort has been so, yeah.
3: That's um, your favorite Heretics community discussion on Facebook. So
1: <laughs> we have a, we have a link um, or a uh, highlight on our Instagram page as well. If, uh, you know, you have trouble finding. it. So.
0: And we'll have to have you back on the podcast again uh, very soon. This has been amazing. For sure. Well, thank you so much again.
1: Yeah. Thank you all so much.
0: Well, again, thank you, Derek and Rachel, so much for taking the time to chat with us today. This has been incredible and we are excited for all the conversations to come. Um, Check them out on Instagram and on Facebook and continue the conversation. And we will see you next time on Spiritual Directors Talking About Stuff.